Welcome to Cali Made Us Do It, a podcast on culture, social issues, and trends rocking our worlds through our three different lenses. With your hosts, Kristen Tony, Jody Moore Lewis, and Alexandra Tennant. And then it was like a really tiny wedding. All the people I didn't know left. So then I felt really good about dancing and I danced my motherfucking ass off. <laughs> hey. And I missed it so much. I can't wait. We, for New Year's Eve, me, Alex, and Daniel had our own dance party and it was so much fun. It was so fun. And we had our own photo booth. Mm-hmm. It was fun. So much fun. I love that. What was your, what did your photo booth consist of? It's like a white backdrop and like a happy new year sign. And Kristen bought like these new year hats. Um, and the little, what do you call those? The blowy thingies? Oh yeah. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the blows, the blowers. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And we did that and Kristen made steak and oh, it was great. It was a great new yeah. year's. Gosh, yeah, I just can't wait to dance again. I remember back in 2019. In the before times. In BC, before COVID. Um, I went, I was in Nashville for Labor Day. One of my girlfriends lives there. And there was this bar that has Motown Mondays. And oh boy, I would, was not plan on staying out late, but I stayed there till 2 a.m. I didn't even drink when I was there because I was nonstop dancing on the floor. It was really fun. I can't wait to do that again. Anything interesting happened this week? <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been watching the news and I've been watching like all these restaurants saying they're having like this hard time filling positions right and a lot of them are like mom and pops or like like small businesses of course they can't pay much right and they're a lot of them are getting on like these big news stations and they're saying oh it's because they get played unemployment I'm watching these people and I'm like no it's that's not the case People in the hospitality industry have finally have a say on where they can go. So they're trying to get into a place that they want, that is worth their time. It just became available for everybody over the age of 16 to be vaccinated. So a lot of people weren't willing to be at risk for your for your establishment and it's just so sad to see them be so egotistical or so narcissistic about not wanting to work in these little places where they're not going to receive money they're going to get constantly disrespected it's guaranteed and i've recently had my own experience i've i'm fully vaccinated now so i'm starting to put out applications for places and i'm applying everywhere but i did receive kind of like a questionnaire from this this nightclub downtown so not even like i don't want to say cool but like not even like you know the only nightclub that i would go to as a 31 32 year old um i didn't fill out the uh questionnaire right away but i was gonna do it anyway but i got a call like not even seven hours from the time that i put in the application 
Um, and the guy was on the phone like, yeah, I'm just doing my research. I'm just doing my research. I just want to know, like, did you receive the questionnaire? Did you receive it? And I was like, yeah, I was going to get to it. And he was like, oh, okay. Cause no one's getting back to me. Like no one's getting back to me. No one's getting back to your three floor nightclub in the middle of a pandemic when people aren't even vaccinated to work in a place where they'll get a dollar per every five drinks and you're upset. Get out of, like, get your head out of your ass. It's not about you. Like, it's not my, like, it's, and it goes to show you just how much employers don't care about your life. Like, they don't care. I'm 30, I am 30 plus. That's my last resort. That is my last resort. Some nightclub of people ordering Long Island, Tokyo iced teas, Long Island iced teas. Like what's a Tokyo iced tea, girl? Something people don't order no more. It's like a Midori. <laughs> it's like it's like a it's like a Long Island iced tea, but you add Midori. It's I call Long Island iced teas and like boo. What is it called? Adios, motherfuckers. I call those like trash can drinks because it's just like dumping everything in it. It's like oh, let's get fucked up. Oh my gosh. So you're saying like on the news, employers were automatically saying that no one wants jobs because of unemployment. Yep. They're saying because they get paid to sit at home that everyone's lazy and why would they go out to work when really they're getting paid to look for the job. I'm speaking on behalf of other hospitality people no we finally are in the seat of i get to pick and choose where i go and what's worth my time and they are losing it i'm telling you that man the man that i talked to lost it i was really honest i was like uh, to be honest long term i don't know that a nightclub is for me but i'm willing to try it out i'm i and i continue with the interview and everything and afterwards he was like okay well i think everything's gonna everything's going to change soon. Everything's going to change. So why don't I call you back in a month and see if you're still looking. And then as soon as I got off, I got like a denied application. And I was like, sir, <laughs> sir, I, I, I told you, I, I dumped you. Sorry. I dumped you. <laughs> sorry. The fact that companies have that even ask those questions. I mean, it's so silly, you know, we're in 2021, like you, we, you know why I'm here. <laughs> you know why I'm here. You know what I'm looking for. Let's let's all be really transparent and Yeah. It's a it's with the thing with restaurants for me is working in them, I know that it's it really is against its its employees, right? I mean, that's why like you really make your money off tips. But restaurants are like the smaller businesses that are quicker to go out of business. They always say, if you want to go out of business, open a restaurant or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I've wondered because I, I love going out to eat. I know y'all do too. And like, I love, there's been, there was one restaurant that I adored working at. I loved my employees and the food and everything. I, it's just, it's, I don't know what's the answer. Maybe he is actually desperate for business, but it is also like most people get treated like crap. Also, like no one, everyone is desperate for work. But like you said, like you want the right work. And if you have the time to figure out what 
is your best place. Why not take advantage of that? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. I have some of the answer. <laughs> oh, give me the answers. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that in, well, it's complicated. It's, it's definitely, you know, everything that we talk about is more complicated and more layered, but you know, these business owners and these companies, they're not willing to take a pay cut. They're not willing to take a hit for um, even quality of life. Sure. Maybe the initial hit of taking a pay cut, paying your people better, giving them more resources, more tools to do their job might hurt a little in the beginning, but I, all the companies that I worked for that have done that, have kind of come out on top, it's that whole like karma thing, like give and you shall get. Um, but but they're not willing to do that. They're like, well, no, I'm still going to hoard. And I'm still going to, you know, my lifestyle won't change. And then they, they get shocked by other people not conforming to that. I, I think that's a huge, that's a huge part of it is business owners are not willing to change their lifestyle at all to get the help they need to even have an improved lifestyle to make even more money. Like they, for, for some reason, they don't understand how that all works. It's like, take, 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 how can I pinch here? How can I squeeze here? Like, how can I do the bare minimum for these people? They forget it's the people that are making them money. It's not them, <laughs> you know, I, and I hope as a business owner, I always remember like the people that are doing the work for me are the ones that are making the money, regardless of if it was my idea or if I created it or whatever, but the ones that are like getting their hands dirty and are doing the work, those are the ones that you need to take care of. I don't know. Capitalism. Yeah. And when you pay people appropriately, it reminds me of what, Mich I mean, granted, I know Michelle Williams is a different world, but like she mentioned it openly when she won whatever the Emmy, I guess, for Fosse Verdon, but she was like, this is the first time I was paid equally to my male counterpart because we were both like her and, uh, so like her and Sam Rockwell were Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. And she was saying like, I was paid equally. And it just made me want to show up for work with a better attitude, putting my best foot forward because they paid me appropriately. And it's, it's like, people don't, when you pay people shit money, then you're going to get shit work. <laughs> I mean, the perfect, the perfect model is Trader Joe's, right? Because they're this small, uh, like small store and they pay their employees. I want to say, so I was talking to someone that actually knew someone that has been working there for multiple years. And what they do is they base the pay at like a livable wage for the area that they're in so in la it starts off around 22 dollars. i mean they'll pay for you to go to college and i don't know if you i don't know if all our followers have had the chance to experience the trader joe experience i'm sure we have talked about this before but let me tell you the difference between going into a ralph's and going into a trader joe's is a hundred percent a different experience it makes me want to i remember during the pandemic me and alex talked to several managers at several different trader joe's location and was like you know what we were having a shit day and your employees were really helpful and they really made us feel like it was like worth it to step in here and you know like i almost want to go there for like fun you know <laughs> like for a good time like it comes back. They don't, they're not this big 
well, they're big now, but like, you know what I'm saying? They don't sell a lot of stuff. They don't have brand names, you know, it's just Trader Joe's, but they're doing amazing. And I'm sure that the leadership and executive team are doing very well financially, despite having paying their people well, despite having low prices and affordable pricing on organic and healthy food at their store. I'm sure that they're doing so well at this this misconception that like, oh, I'm, I have to give up everything that I've worked for and that I've earned just to help people. It's not true. It's just not true. I see it every day in my job. I'm sure they are living extraordinarily comfortable lives. <laughs> while, while people that work for them are able to make it. Feed like, their families. Just make it. I love that we've like only we've had six episodes and I swear in 50% of our episodes we have mentioned Trader Joe's because what because it's just I mean still clear fans clear fans clear clearly fans we just need to have an episode on like what our favorite Trader Joe's items are oh we could go oh, for that would, yeah or just yeah. a whole hot give on try this item from Trader Joe's what did you try from Trader Joe's this week yeah I just want to say you know, the one thing about Trader Joe's, and we could save it for that episode, but I'm going to just say it. Um, they're seasonal items. They're so they're fun. Lo- and they're so good that, like, it really, they have a tea that last time, like, it for the last three years, we get it during that season. The last time I was like, oh, no, we're not running out of this. So I got enough to last me for the whole year. I love it. And I know we're about to like get into it with redemption culture, but I feel like Trader Joe's may be an example of a company that let's say they do have a misstep in their future. They make a mistake that's like out of line because of like the values and how they have treated employees and their standards. They quite possibly could be someone who could redeem themselves, you know, like not really fall into that category of cancellation, right? Mm-hmm. Or no. I mean, I guess it depends on what that misstep is, but I'm just saying like, if they make a mistake, I feel like because of their past, they could be easily forgiven. No, I totally see what you're saying in terms of past data has a lot to do with, um, can a person be redeemed or not? Right. Because, you know, we look at, at people and I'm sure a lot of the people that we're going to talk about, like, is this a pattern for them? Is this their character? And I think that's what, you know, you're saying about Trader Joe's, like, look, we know it's a decent company. They treat their workers well. We, we understand their values and their like mission statement. We like that they make certain things accessible to, you know, I, I can't afford to go to Whole Foods all the time to buy organic fruits and vegetables, but they're available at Trader Joe's at a price that's accessible to me and, and a lot of other people, um, so yeah, I think that past data really matters in terms of, okay, do they have a positive track record? Is this, is this in character for that? You know, whatever it might be that is offensive or they get canceled for like, okay, but look at all of the other, you know, wonderful things that they've done. Does this one action cancel out all of the really positive aspects for them? Good question. Hopefully we won't ever have to find out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> insert music here (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're finally coming back 
to dive deeper into cancel culture, but kind of talking about the other side, like redemption culture. Can people redeem themselves? There was this lovely side of cancel culture that we discussed about the boycotting, holding people accountable, really investing your money in where your voice lies and giving people who didn't have voices a voice, but also the other side of cancel culture where people are too afraid to make a mistake or make a move or to speak up or speak out. And if those people can actually come back and we can forgive them and see them thrive further in their careers. So here's our hot takes. <laughs> I mean, I guess the biggest question is, can the celebrities be redeemed with an apology? Is, is the apology enough? Does it matter how it's delivered? Virtually, do we need to see them actually speaking the apology? And after the apology, what happens? How do we still hold them accountable while simultaneously giving them a chance to show that they can use their platform in a positive way? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that was perfect. I think that, hmm, like, for example, like Justin. JT. Justin Timberlake. Ramen noodle hair. My man's has avoided the cancellation for years. Yes. For anyone living under a rock and don't know, uh, I don't know the specific year, but there was a very famous Super Bowl that Justin Timberlake decided to participate in a revealing of Janet Jackson's nip uh on national tv uh janet got annihilated for it i mean she, like, 2004 2004 2004 super bowl 2004 super bowl uh janet jackson was is never to return to the super bowl again uh she lost like endorsements i want to believe i don't know um and justin got away scot-free uh when his also... little grabby hands grabbed her shirt off yeah for for the young kids who maybe haven't seen it I don't know if you can find it on YouTube I'd imagine that you can mm. or maybe they took it down but um basically at the end of Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson's performance he um grabbed a hold of her costume and ripped off a piece covering her breasts and her breasts were exposed on national network television which was something that you know it's not streaming <laughs> it's something that everyone had access to you know it was like CBS and it was or live it was live and the camera was there. And so obviously families and children who were watching the Super Bowl saw Janet Jackson's ex exposed breast, which that's a whole other thing about women's bodies and like how boobs are <laughs> like so controversial when they shouldn't yeah. be. But, Stay tuned um, to future episodes. Right. So that's what happened. <laughs> I want to say it's the reason why live TV is delayed. 
it, yeah, it's a, it's, it is, it, it actually started. I remember after that, they started delaying it by a few minutes so that the editors could go in and cut out any visual thing that happened, any vocal thing, like, you know, all the bleeps and the curse, the curse words. Word. So, so it was Justin who pulled off the costume, not Janet, just want to be really clear about who did the actual exposing. And then the person, the victim of being exposed was the one who got in trouble. I do think that it was both of their idea. I don't think that he did it without her consent, uh, but because it was a costume malfunction. And actually the designer of the costume has recently come out and said, oh no, we designed it that way. And so it was a, it was, it was consensual. However, when shit went down, Justin had zero to say in in respect for Janet he didn't take up for her he just let her fucking fall on her face just like he did Britney Spears and so you know classic 2020 coming through (laughs) strong uh people were like hold up wait a minute they were like oh no (laughs) Justin bring that ass what so I guess they started tagging him and stuff like oh he and he was facing he was facing cancel culture yeah, so the Britney Spears documentary brought up everything else from how he has never been a part of the conversation of what brought those. I mean, mainly it was about Britney Spears, but he brought Janet into it, I think, because everyone was like, you did her wrong and Janet wrong. And then he just like moves on with his life and writes, um, yeah. I'm really, I don't, I, I used, I used to have his Barbie doll cause I was obsessed with him as a kid in NSYNC and I'm feel very betrayed. I used to love him too. This, that's the second part of the conversation, right? And, and this could almost even be three parts. It's, it's being canceled, being redeemed. And then I guess once you are redeemed, how much of, or maybe if you're not, are you still able to consume, uh, things from, from these people who have been canceled or who are on the border. Like that's a, that's another element to it. Right. It's like, well, okay, maybe, you know, his past wasn't so great, but he had music that really inspired me, really affected my childhood. And I just can't give it up regardless of what I feel about him. Or do you feel like, yeah, when canceled to me means not consuming anything from this person. Like, how do you guys feel and where do you um, create boundaries um, in a situation like this? Well, for me, I think we also need to explain that Justin Timberlake, after having been hounded by people after the Britney documentary happened, he wrote on his notes app an apology on Instagram. Which I think is like equivalent to 2020's post-it note apology. Yes. Like when Homeboy breaks up with Carrie and Sex in the City with a post-it note. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it felt like even when I read it, I felt very like, is he apologizing to Brittany and Janet? Like, do they know it? Why is this to the, out in the open? How is he making the music industry better? Um, how is he making a change for the better? Like, how is he uplifting Britney and Janet into the forefront of the conversation instead of like still making this about himself? And I think that's what's been a lot of like apologies that have been happening from the brands this past year. And they they make these 
these apologies that just seem more and it doesn't necessarily mean they mean for it to come off this way but just seems more performative and to cover their own ass versus like are you actually making amends with the person that you hurt and I don't know how we get the answers to that I don't know how they prove that to us when you're in the public eye (laughs) and it is like we need to see you putting money where your mouth is or activist activism where your mouth where your feet are where your hands are where your art is doing something other than for yourself yeah you need to he he has all the money in the world put that put that towards something for um you know women's rights or women you know like women enhancement i don't know advancement in the workplace i don't know something but the the posted note apology that doesn't even it serves yourself like you're apologizing you're not really apologizing to them you're apologizing to the people that put money in your pockets yeah i mean how how would you guys have liked to seen the apology i know we were talking before we kind of started recording that you know we also don't really know that this post note apology came from him everyone should keep in mind these people have teams of public relations staff experienced public relations people that typically make all of their statements you know maybe they'll make a statement and send it to the client and then client will edit maybe a couple things but they they really come come out of these teams of people that are paid to um make your image <laughs> to to you know clarify your image it's super mm-hmm. easy for them to email their team and say like hey write up an apology copy and paste and then post it uh, and w- without that action that you were talking about it does make it it does make it kind of fruitless right it's just air it's just like empty air well it's funny because i was thinking i was like what do i want from justin timberlake I would prefer like a, like him actually speaking, <laughs> but then Demi did that apology and it was horrible. Like it felt like she didn't even want to do it because she did. So I'm like, what do I want? <laughs> you want to you want to feel like it's not performative, and it's gonna come off performative if it is. So it's performative, yeah. both of them. Like Demi was like, I'm sorry, but I'm really not sorry. Yeah, and maybe that's her truth. Isn't that name of her song? I don't know. Sorry, not sorry. I think she does have a. Should people apologize if they're, yeah. if they're not really sorry? She has a song called Sorry, Not Sorry. That's how I felt about it. Well, <laughs> she was trying to tell us. She's like, I don't know what y'all want from me. Uh, should people apologize if they're not sorry? I mean, I think. I think I'd rather someone be truthful (laughs) than try to make it come off. Like, I think there's a way to acknowledge it and just be like, I don't think I was in the wrong. I understand why you, I mean, but the thing is with Justin Timberlake was misogyny. So he better fucking be sorry. Like, I guess there's like different levels of, of that, but. So when I feel like, I've hurt somebody uh, for doing for something that I did, but I, like I would have done it just a different way. I usually say like 
I'm sorry for the way that came out. Like, I'm sorry for how I presented that to you. This is how I actually feel, and this is what I meant by it, but I'm sorry that how it how it was perceived, or I'm sorry how blah, 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 you know, like, hear my side out. If it's something that I generally still felt strongly about. Nine times out of ten, like, when you're when you have a decent conversation with somebody you realize like okay well I was wrong right most of the time or like we both are wrong like in the sense of things but if it was something I would feel strongly about like I would be like well I'm sorry that it came out that way I'm sorry that that's how and it's it's an honest thing like I'm really not sorry for how I felt I'm just sorry about how I made you feel yeah yeah, like like you said, Alex, earlier, it's just so layered and textured and gets very convoluted because we are wrapping up all these different types of apologies because there are so many kinds, right? Justin Timberlake specifically felt very, very impersonal and way too late. Is there a person that you guys have heard an apology from that you've accepted? Um the change or their their change in their behavior that you think has redeemed themselves from being canceled that's a hard one because now I'm like I think there's people that I've gotten over because they got older but I don't think I don't think there's people that like I was like hmm hard uh i think so i i personally was personally offended because i'm a germaphobe i was personally offended when ariana grande licked a donut but she was like 18 17 and i was like so like yeah it affected me for about two years and i was like i don't this is a hot album i don't care (laughs) i feel like maybe if people have done something and maybe why nothing's coming to my mind is because maybe I have just moved on from it because they didn't do anything harming like Harvey Weinstein or Donald Trump (laughs) or Bill Cosby. Those three are Kelly. Those ones that will never leave my mind. But I feel like when it's come to like other little things, maybe it's moved on. But one thing that stuck with me, Alex, you sent us that podcast from Still Processing and they talk about apologies. One thing that stuck to me was these apologies keep people, and they've talked about the Pierce Morgan thing and the Sharon Osbourne thing on the podcast where they apologize and then left the show and then... Pierce Morgan is with Carl Tucker Carl what's his name Tucker Tucker, Tucker Carlson Carlson, Carlson mm-hmm. yeah motherfucker You can tell that we don't watch Fox News Yeah <laughs> Like they they were making a point of like it's a power move to keep yourself relevant to apologize to the people who actually give you the money and then the people will still follow you to listen to you mm-hmm. And that really stuck with me because And I think we haven't said it on this podcast, but we've talked about it in general. Like I talked about JK Rowling and how hard that was for me, what she said, but Harry Potter 
in, is like what my childhood was. I know so many people of all different kinds of walks of life that love Harry Potter too. And it's like, so you can cancel JK Rowling because I don't, it's been a year. Has she apologized yet? She's About, not going to. No. Yes. But she's not going to fall off her throne because Harry Potter, like these people don't really truly suffer. That's just a comment, I guess. I don't have a question. Yeah, I was a Twilight fan growing, like when I was like 16, 17. And yeah, she, Stephanie Meyer came out and said, basically said like, it's like based off of Mormon life and basically didn't want any black people in there. The only reason she let the one black person in, which I'm sure had to do with a quota that they had to meet to have people of color in the series she only allowed it because he was a he was a villain i don't mm. think i've heard of that i wasn't yeah i was like obsessed with twilight right when it happened and then uh -huh. literally when it was over i was like this is dumb uh-huh <laughs> well yeah like i mean it was we were teen we were teenagers like yeah. and it was like oh cool and then you think about it you're like i mean you get older you're like all right That's bella yeah they need, all right these people need therapy <laughs> all right yeah all of them every last one of them especially bella like bitch yeah. the the vampire that the cold-hearted vampire that could kill you that's the one okay well so that's that's another layer of this right like what is an off-the-cuff comment that you know you said the first thing that came to your head and maybe you were caught off guard versus something that you really think and feel that you're expressing celebrities you know they say with great power comes great expectation so you are i think that you do move into a different kind of level of um, expectation and responsibility in terms of what you say and how you communicate there's people there's celebrities that i know that i would be devastated to find out that had missteps like these, like, for example, when the Me Too movement came out, like, if I found out that Tom Hanks, you know, was a sexual predator, it would be really challenging for me. It'd be really hard. I'm a huge fan. And he's like my, you know, like my movie dad in my, in my brain, that would be really, really hard for me. Um, if I found out that, you know, Beyonce didn't pay her black dancers, that would be really hard really challenging for me. And I think that my acceptance of an apology and of their redemption would change depending on, like we talked about the beginning, Jody, their track record. It would, it would change depending on their past data. Really good. Here's a good example. Um, Prince Harry, he, uh, when he was a teenager, he went to a party dressed up like a Nazi and it hurt oh, a lot yeah. of people. It hurt a lot of people. Um, now Harry does a lot of really, really, really good work. He, I, I forget what his organization that he started was called, but it was helping, um, like disabled athletes be able to kind of participate. Um, he, he does a lot of good work. I mean, he follows in his mother's footsteps and does a lot of philanthropy and a lot of good mm -hmm. work. Can I forgive something that he did while he was a teenager, you know, in an environment now that we understand more about the institution that he was brought up in, can I forgive that in exchange for knowing that he's turned his life around and now he's making good choices and he's doing good work? 
I kind of feel like I can't. It helps that he married a black girl, to be honest, to be really <laughs> honest. You know what I mean? Like it helps that he vocally fights for his family and for equality. Yeah, for sure. He was a teenager. We were all teenagers. We all did stupid stuff that we wish the public, you know, never knew about. But that that's a great example of like, okay, let's look at the past history. Maybe that wasn't so good, but what actions have they have they taken to change? And, and it's such a case by case basis. It's a person Mm -hmm. by person basis, incident by incident basis. So yeah, I don't think this conversation is a black and white, you know, conversation. It's just, it's, it's so dependent. There's so many different factors involved. um, When we talk about like how much we allow people to be able to mess up and what we require and expect of them to redeem themselves when when and if they choose to do so that was so you just reminded me of kind of like the opposite like with brett kavanaugh and him being accused of a rape and being put into one of the highest powers in this country into the supreme court and no track record from that high school incident to Supreme Court, but it happened. And for me, I don't think he should lose his, I don't think he should lose his job. Like he should still have like his career, whatever. But I didn't think he should be put in the highest power. And I feel like people can, Hopefully, especially men can change from their misogynistic controlling ways and be better. But I thought it needed to be an example to set for young boys that you cannot get away with that as a teenager and be placed in that. I mean, obviously he was placed. He's in the Supreme Court. When are we? Why are we going to keep letting people pass for some? Yes, maybe they did it 50 years ago, but like you're, you're getting rewarded. And that has got to stop. But what I will say about the Brett Kavanaugh situation is that he never accepted or he never apologized. He never uh, said, you know, I was a child and I did something wrong and other kids should not do that. I had no knowledge that that was not a thing. It was something that all my friends were doing, blah, blah. He never came out and said anything like that. He denied, denied, denied. And so I think that's a little bit of a difference mm-hmm. of, you know, like accepting, like not accepting what a kid, but like kind of like looking at it like, oh, he was a child and he apologized for it. Or he's a child and he's moved on from that. Like we don't have, we don't have a track record of him moving on from that either. True. True. It's just like, other people didn't come forward. I mean, that girl, I mean, it's really hard to come forward. I mean, look at Monica Lewinsky. The girl to this day is in songs and being referenced as being like the hoe and Bill was the hoe. Yeah, even Queen Beyonce Bill references it. <laughs> yeah, like, sorry B, but we love you and you are great. And I know you didn't mean anything by it, but she should apologize for that. <laughs> Yeah, Bill is the hoe. Yeah, that's that's what we do to women in this country. It is what we do. We, um, yeah. The, I mean, there's just like a million examples. Yeah, and but it is like, why don't you take the higher road and not just apologize, but like you said, like he should have stepped down. 
yeah we don't we just don't we just don't need you at the highest level of court it just it no even if you did apologize it just wasn't it's just not and we're not saying we weren't going on a campaign for him to never see a like take all his money and put him in jail we weren't trying to put him in jail we were just like can you please not make decisions based on women's rights ever yeah Period, you don't blank. you don't deserve that yeah, yeah. please please Dif I know it was different, but it just reminded me of like a past teenage thing and how like I was like, I don't care how much you have changed or what you're saying. And yeah, I completely forgot that he denied, denied and still probably is denying to this day, which that would have made me more angry saying this. But I, I guess that was I guess that was my question. Like, is there anybody that like you don't care what they got to say? Like they're they're canceled, <laughs> <laughs> they're canceled forever. <laughs> um well we know we know the big the big one yeah. the big t um orange. never gonna happen for me isn't orange, orange well, 45 don't worry about never that gonna happen, ever don't worry about that because he'll never apologize yeah yeah. yeah it's never gonna happen for me um his family is is never gonna happen for me ivanka um yeah and yeah that's it's just not ever gonna happen R. Kelly, it's never going to happen. Yeah. You know, Kevin Spacey, that that one does make me sad, too, because I was a fan of his growing up. But the the way in which he apologized was just gross and awful. And it's such a shame because I thought he was a freaking phenomenal actor and entertainer and like what a waste, but never going to happen. <laughs> and luckily, we have a lot of other great ones for anybody listening yeah. uh the apologies that she's referencing is uh when it came out that he uh was kind of like taking advantage of little boys under the age of 18 he came out and said yes it's true i am gay <laughs> and we were like no 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 back that ass up uh <laughs> hey we all knew you were gay and all the gay community was like, don't hide behind us now because you are making mistakes. Back that ass up. You say you were, what? what is this about touching little little boys, little kids? No, sir. Bring that ass here. So you can redeem yourself <laughs> if you do only do it once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's not repeated behavior that you did, you refuse to change and you only got caught because you're going to jail. Uh, no, I'm just playing. That's R. Kelly for me. I think R. Kelly could never. And I was, I was a bit, I mean, I'm from Chicago and uh, I'm black from Chicago. Like that, I go home to this day and you hear it blasting in backyards, like every, like anything that R. Kelly has made. It's such a big part of my childhood and I could never in my life ever play anything by that man. I hate him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> documentary was, it was, it was hard and we're not even in the women who were mm. there. Mm. So yeah, just fucking own up 12 step program, the same way you treat going to AA say you're sorry make amends don't be in denial own up do good do better i mean it's it's common sense like if you were in a relationship or a friendship where you brought something up like i don't like that you did this and the person said 
I'm sorry I did that. Going forward, I won't do it again, but they keep doing it. Like, you're going to be like, okay, well, you suck. (laughs) I think, too, like, do we also have to be okay with messing up and people still not liking us, even if we really, truly are sorry? Absolutely. Everyone's different. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, but that's life. Yeah. And not everybody is going to understand or accept your apology or accept, you know, again, so many factors go into it, like people's headspace, what's going on in their life, Mm -hmm. what trauma has been done to them to cause them to speak or say or do what they are doing. No one's going to understand everything that caused you to do something that caused you to to apologize. So I think making it like Jody, you said, making it as sincere as possible, like Kristen, you said, change of behavior. And, um, I think all celebrities will come out better if, if it really does come from them, if it really does come it, if it's really motivated from a place of wanting to understand, wanting to not hurt rather than coming from a PR team to make things just go away. I feel like people know when it's coming from money rather than the heart. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, everybody ain't gonna like you. You ain't gonna be everybody's cup of tea. That's fine. <laughs> and even then, maybe you won't be Kristen's seasonal Trader Joe's cup of tea, but maybe you'll oh, be a lighter blend, maybe a little more bitter blend, maybe maybe like an occasional blend. <laughs> maybe like a Kroger, like, you know, when it's cold and Trader Joe's is already closed and I need it to soothe my throat kind of brand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So if you apologize, maybe we'll go to Kroger and get that tea for you. (laughs) And now it's time for our hot gifts. (laughs) I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to do that again because at the end, the mic kind of like did a little. Oh, no. Don't do it again. She loves doing this, y'all. Can you tell? Oh my gosh. Um, okay, whatever I want to say. Uh, <laughs> so dumb. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for our hot gifts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God, I'm sorry. We're torturing you. <laughs> well, I was thinking about what to do because this past week I've been home. And I haven't really been watching any TV or anything. So I thought I'd lend another brand out there that I really love because I'm kind of on a different food schedule right now. And I can't wait to go back home and be on my own food schedule. I mean, I love my, adore my mama's cooking and the Southern food, but sometimes cooking the things that you love just feel better to your body. And so I really love Imperfect. They originally were Imperfect Produce and now they're rebranded into Imperfect Foods because they do more than just produce now. And I really enjoyed doing um, my Saturday grocery list. So I know it will be delivered when I get home and then I'll have all my groceries, but it's very affordable. They have like discount prices on a lot of um, food items 
uh, fresh produce, you can get organic or conventional. So you can also get like rices and pastas and pantry staples and cheeses and milks now and eggs and everything. And they try to use all brands or not try, I think they definitely use all brands that are eco-friendly and sustainable and humane. So you feel really good about buying all the groceries and that you're really giving back. And now that the pandemic's kind of coming out on the other end, because I've been doing Imperfect for over a year now, they're finally taking our recyclables back. <laughs> so it's because it's safe again. So they, they take back your ice packs and your uh, freezer bags because you can't just uh, recycle them as easily as you can the cardboard box. So they take them back so they can sanitize and reuse them or recycle them appropriately. I'm not sure which one it is, but one of the two to just keep things from piling up. So they try to be super sustainable and they have fun products. Let's use this one because I love doing their chocolate covered pretzels. They're pretzel pieces. So they're like the pretzels that don't aren't used because they're not whole. So instead of throwing them all away, they'll reuse them and make them chocolate covered pretzel chunks. And I put them in the freezer and like to eat them. So they find really cool ways of using up food. Uh, they also have a fun blog to help you with like recipes on how to use like all parts of the vegetables. So you're not just wait, wasting and throwing things away. If you want $20 off your first order, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but I definitely love the company. It's easy. You can skip a week. So you're not like having to do it every week. They're really cool if you don't want to do it for however many weeks. But it's really nice and convenient and COVID friendly. <laughs> Amazing. We got to try it. Kristen, we got to order our imperfect foods. Uh-huh. That's the one that we were like going to try a while ago and then COVID. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Then I think they weren't accepting new people or new customers at that know. time. We just went out of, I mean, going to the grocery store was that our, was only, our... <laughs> only way out of the house. But that was our no, escape. We totally need, should do that. I'm, yeah, we're going to, we'll let you know when we start Imperfect awesome. Produce. I uh, I ordered some Girlfriend Collective after your plug for that, Jody. So you're a very bad influence, <laughs> um, but I absolutely love all of your sustainability plugs. When, jo when Jody says, go buy something, go buy it. I love all these. Keep them coming. Yeah, you please. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, you good? Alex, you don't have, you and. Yeah, okay. Well. I love Billie Eilish. So there's that. Miss um, Billie has come out with a new single. It's called Your Power. And she's also on the cover of Vogue. If you haven't seen it, she looks amazing. Um, it's actually something I, I almost brought up earlier because when we were talking about the Janet Jackson situation, because a lot of people were kind of coming after Billie. She, she was vocal in the past about not showing her body so that she wasn't objectified. She's come out with this new single, Your Power. I won't give it too much spoiler alerts, but it does have to do with, with romantic relationships and being taken advantage of. And she, she did come out to say that, you know, she, she was, uh, I don't think she used the word abused, but she was in a situation when she was underage with an older age man who did take advantage of her. And she, finally came out and um, kind of discussed that and talked about it a little bit. A lot of people were 
coming after her after this photo shoot saying that like, oh, you know, if you want to be respected, why are you showing your body? She made a couple posts on social media that were like, do what you want to do just because I'm showing my body doesn't mean that you get to objectify me. Um, so it, I, I think it's really great. You know, she's still so young. She's like what, 19 now or something. She's so, so, so young and has a huge influence on a lot of young people. And I think she's a really positive influence. And I think that she was really vulnerable and had a lot of courage to come out and, um, explain what had happened to her. I think a lot of people her age can, can relate to it, especially these days when, um, adults have way more access to children on social media, social media platforms more so than us. I think, you know, like we, we interacted with adults maybe in our everyday lives, but we, we weren't getting messages from adults about our body, you know, every five seconds in our inbox, like kids are now. Um, so I think it's, you know, she's, super relevant. I think she's super courageous. I love that she, as Frances McDormand said at the Oscars, she uses her art as her sword. She's great. Go listen to her song. Can't wait for her album. Yes. Go buy her Vogue cover. I got to go get her Vogue copy because I love her evolution and I love um, that she's kind of growing into herself and staying true to herself, kind of leaving, you know, the, the kid life behind, but like, she seems very comfortable in her body. She seems very happy. <laughs> so cool. I'm, I'm excited to hear what this album brings. Don't do to Billy what y'all did to Brittany. Let her right. freaking evolve. <laughs> let her, yeah, let her evolve for sure. Also, and that goes for anybody. If you see that, like, don't like you see that she had an issue covering her like showing her body she had an issue she wore baggy clothes every chance she could get you never you ne we never really knew what her body looked like and now she's on the vogue being comfortable like shut up yeah shut up like that this is growth this is this is her growth let her do it stop being stupid <laughs> uh glennon doyle and her untamed book had like a little excerpt, Alicia Keys. Wasn't she on The Voice for a bit, Alicia Keys? Uh-huh, I think so, yeah. So she was very adamant about not wanting to wear makeup for a long time. And then she wore makeup one day and then Adam Levine was like, I thought you didn't wear makeup. And she said, I do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> like people can change their minds. <laughs> mm -hmm. especially, especially for a day. Yeah, like, come on. People are weird. You can change your mind and it it has nothing to do with um, the misogyny makes it a distraction from the real work. And, and Billy is doing the real work, right? Mm -hmm. She's, she's talking about her experiences. She's talking about real life things that affect young people's lives. Why do we care if she's in a sweatshirt or in a bikini top? She's doing the work. You know, like she's making positive change. It's, it's anyway. Um, so my high gives, um, I mean, my high give, give. Um, so let me preference this for black people. Don't watch this movie. <laughs> don't watch the show. <laughs> it's not for you. It, like, it's very traumatizing. It literally hurt my feelings the entire time. But for non-Black people who um, don't believe 
and the trauma and horror that black people experience. I would like to say that you should watch the horror series, Them, on Amazon. Yeah, it's it's really bad that, I, and not bad, sorry. It's really traumatizing in a sense of, the these are stories that have been passed down to us that like really did happen like they really did happen and not that long ago, i mean like i'm a preference this by saying my mom moved into an all-white neighborhood when she was um when i was born and you know you know she was terrorized like brand new house brick thrown through her window saying go home nigger um and watching it hurt my feelings severely like it literally hurt my feelings like really hurt my feelings like i i was like damn like the the language that is used the and it's written it's written by black people so you know there's that um but towards the end of it i realized it wasn't for us it wasn't for black people it was for white people to see that this is we were we're literally and still to this day we're living a horror story it's a horror story this is a horror like literally coming into our homes at night to hang us literally getting pulled over it's a horror story and i think it's necessary for white people to watch uh i for one, uh, I'm done with the black trauma or watching the black trauma. So I hope that's my last one. But I do think that everybody should watch it and keep in mind that it's not based on a true story, but this shit happens uh, and it happened. So more so, more than your exorcist horror movies that you guys say are true stories when it was probably really just you were feeding kids high doses of opioids for their cold and so they fucking were on heroin but yeah so that's my hot give it's dark let's get into it let us know what you think hope you're traumatized so so i watched it with kristen because we we couldn't watch it alone and yeah it's it's absolutely um it's absolutely traumatic i think that obviously it's also art. So that, that was the point it gave what it was supposed to have given. And I do, you know, growing up in a white neighborhood, I, I do think that the realities of what happened from slavery on and during the great migration, and even now are really minimized. You know, I think people in some communities think that it's it's something that happened rarely in some faraway land a really long time ago and they feel very far removed and I think that the show made clear that we're not far removed from from it like it it happened happens today it's going to happen today to somebody it happened yesterday and it will happen tomorrow um, until we change how we think about race culturally Um, so again it's really important I think that as tough as it is to watch and as painful as it is to watch and relive, it's necessary. I think it's really, really necessary. And I think it, it'll, it, it's necessary for non-Black people. I think it's also necessary for, um, for 
young black people, biracial people, multiracial people who live in communities that it's not talked about, that it is that where the feeling is that it was so long ago and it's not happening um, anymore. So, so that they can see the realities of it. I know, you know, when I was growing up, I, I was taught about slavery. I was also taught about the Holocaust from a very young age. I saw images of, of what really happened during the Holocaust, very graphic, traumatic things. And it was always like, we have to remember, we have to talk about this so that it doesn't happen again. So it, it should be painful. It should be uncomfortable because that is, that's how you make people feel like you should be questioned. We have to like get okay with being uncomfortable, like seeing things that we aren't ready to see, knowing the truth about things. I think that that's what they did in this show is showing the truth. And, and the realities are probably much harsher even than in the show, which is really horrific but you know it, it's truth telling and um i think pushing the envelope in the direction of something really necessary and really positive uh in case i didn't say it amazon prime and uh stephen king uh said it terrified him so oh there you go so well, i didn't think get out was I mean, it was like intense, but it was like more satire on the black experience because it was supposed to be like that horror-esque, right? Uh-huh. It was yeah. like, uh, it, to me, it gave me kind of like a us kind of feeling. I think they even mm. have like the little girl from us is in <sighs> it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think they like were inspired by us and then they made them. And uh, yeah. Okay, we'll have to watch it. Thank you. Order your um, imperfect foods. Watch them. And when you're done, if you need something, well, I guess it's not that much lighter, but when you're done before bed, listen to but Billy's it's pretty. new song. Oh, it I got it. It sounds pretty. Listen to Billy while you're cooking your imperfect food oh. dish for your dinner in a movie viewing of them. Love mm. it. <laughs> Perfect. Use your blinkers, don't be weird. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to Callie Made Us Do It. If you liked our episode, please like and subscribe. It will help us in the charts. You can follow us on Instagram at Callie Made Us Do It. We'd also like to thank Robopop for our theme music. Callie Made Us Do It is edited and produced in house by the three of us, Alex, Kristen, and Jody. See you next week with our next episode.